Good morning, Boker Tov. Great to be back together again for a few minutes as we are every Wednesday morning to try to become the best version of ourselves in 10 minutes or less. Quite an ambitious goal. But really, it's actually reflective of the Jewish way, which is growth is in increments, in spurts, 10 minutes at a time. Certainly you can learn and work on yourself much longer than that. But even if you can't, if you do it in increments and small uh, bite-sized pieces, you put it together and you wake up one day and find you're a changed person. You're not going to lose 20 pounds in one day, and you won't even be able to measure daily how much you're losing. But if you put in the time and the work every day to exercise, eat right, you'll weigh yourself, you'll measure yourself later and see that you've changed. And the same is true spiritually, metaphysically, with our own personal growth as well. And that's why I love spending 10 minutes together every Wednesday morning working on ourselves and employing the Ramchal's brilliant formula based on our Pinchas ben Yair, based on our great rabbis of the Gemara, about how to grow, how to grow, beginning with Zahiris, living life of mindfulness and conscientiousness, to a life of Zurizus, of alacrity and zeal, to a life of Nikias, of trying to purge and eliminate from ourselves the type of behaviors which are self-destructive and sabotage our own success. As always, a huge thank you to our dear friends, Lenny and Hani Grunstein, who sponsored the series for the year in memory of Hani's father, Mr. Aaron Tambor, Aaron ben Yitzchak, through our words of Torah and through the Grunstein's incredible leadership and generosity. We are in Perak Yid Aleph, chapter 11, and we are going through the details of the Midah of Nikias. We are dissecting this character trait of Nikias. Nikias means don't live life and the barometer, the metric for your happiness is what gives you pleasure, what makes you happy. Just say what you want, do what you want, eat what you want, go where you want, be with whom you want. No. There are value systems, there's an ideology that we have, there's a, a mission and a mandate, a charge for our lives, and there's a value system. And we're supposed to try to every day hold ourselves to a high standard of that value system to push ourselves to be better and to improve each and every day. We've spoken about it in the area of honesty and integrity, in the area of verbal abuse, in the area of interpersonal relationships, in the area of our eating, our health and our wellness and our well-being, in the area of promiscuity and profanity. We've spoken about it so far in all these different areas and now we're on the topic of how we give advice, how we dispense advice. If a person comes to you for advice, they want to know about a business decision, they want to know about a shidduch, they want to know about developing a policy for a community about coronavirus. Do not give advice which is anything different than what you would follow yourself. This is a huge challenge. It's a daunting goal to try to eliminate and purge from the advice that we are dispensing any personal prejudice we may have. People have motivations. You're giving a friend business advice or shidduch advice or life advice, and it could impact you. It could reflect somehow on your life or your lifestyle. The goal is to eliminate any personal prejudice or bias. The goal is to eliminate any possible impact that could be on ourselves, and rather to think exclusively and purely about the other person. How can I relate? How can I give advice? How can I connect in a way that is only for the benefit of the other? And if you see yourself as standing to lose by that advice, reveal to the other party. And if you can't, then recuse yourself from it. 
So if somehow it's going to have a negative impact on you, on your business, on your life, on your family, then tell the person, look, I want to give you good advice, but here's the implication, here's the consequence, here's how it will impact me. And if the person says, I don't really care, then you accuse yourself in the situation. But don't distort or manipulate the advice you give. Don't manipulate other people because somehow your own self-interest is involved. He says, always have in mind the well-being and the good of the other. Put that primary, eliminate the anochi, the id, the ego, the sense of I from the equation. Think about exclusively the other. Unless what the other person is scheming or planning, in fact, is not only negative for them, is negative for others, then it would be permissible if the only way to deter them, the only way to disincentivize them from following through on a plan which is immoral, unethical, wrong, hurtful, will injure other parties, is to fool them or trick them, that would be the only time that it's permissible. And I would tell you that consult with someone else before you do that. Our own biases may mix in and convince us that the other person is doing something that can be harmful, and that's why it's okay in this circumstance or scenario to give them negative advice. It'd be worthwhile protecting the confidentiality of the other to get our own advice before giving advice in a situation where we're trying to prevent someone from doing something wrong. We're all in this position, and I mentioned last time, and I'll reiterate it again now, whether it's someone who overtly comes up to you and says, here's a scenario and I need advice, or whether it's the type of posts that we put online, the type of emails that we forward, the type of things that we share in our WhatsApp groups. We are sharing links to articles. We're giving advice in the sense that we're giving people information and information is power. And when we're giving unvetted information, unfiltered information, unconfirmed information, when we're giving biased information, then we're giving bad advice. We're leading people to destructive conclusions. A person has to be very judicious and very careful what they share and how they share and when they share and with whom they share and what their motive ultimately is when they share, whether they're being fair or not. He moves on the Ramchal. The next area of Nikias, the next area of personal growth, if we want to every single day try to realize the best version of ourselves, how do we measure? How do we measure who we are and who we can be and what is the gap of how to get there? Everybody knows, everybody knows the negative nature of gossip and slander. What happens when we speak negatively and ill of another? The impact on people, on their parnasa, on their livelihood, on their shalom bias, on their harmony in their home, on the potential shidduch, and so on. Our rabbi said, Every human being minimally violates every single day, at least avak lashonhara, which means not explicit slander. I don't necessarily call my friends or put out a big tweet and say, did you hear about so-and-so? Can you believe what happened? It's not necessarily that I dispense this juicy lashonhara, but sometimes unintentionally, even avak, which is implied or implicit Lashonara, sometimes we make a terrible mistake. What's an example? The Gemara in Erechen says, If someone says, where can you find a fire for cooking? Where is it always found? In the home of so-and-so. Sometimes you can say something good. I see this all the time. One person says about so-and-so, you know, that person is really amazing. And you know what happens? You are inviting, you are eliciting someone else who's present to say, eh, they're not so amazing. 
I once saw them do this. I heard this. Isha, they're pretty good. Yeah, they're a good person. But you know, I was once with them. I once interacted with them. And they're not so perfect. They're not so amazing. So if a person exaggerates, or if a person even trying to be kind sings the praises of someone, it's Lashon Hara. How can praising someone be Lashon Hara? Because if you exaggerate praise, or out of context offer praise, or offer praise in front of people that you don't know feel the same, share the same feeling with you about the person, you are literally potentially inviting the others to express their negativity about that person. And that's Avak Lashon Hara. So the Ramchal here tells us, Nikias, if you want to practice cleanliness and purity, if you want to be the best version of yourself, the best people that we know, the best people that we know, they don't talk about other people. Is, uh, is it Eleanor Roosevelt who has the famous quote? that, what is it? Small people talk about people, average people talk about things, great people talk about ideas, something like that. You see that actually in this week's parsha in Shlach, when the Miraglim go to Israel and they're listening to the Dvarim, to the Davar, what does that mean? So later in Sefer Dvarim, Rashi there translates, listen to the language they're speaking, and the Maharal wonders. This was a recognizance mission. They're supposed to get a military assessment of where the people who live in Israel and how they're going to come in and conquer. What do you need to eavesdrop? What do you need to listen in on how they're speaking? You care about their juicy gossip? You care about what they're watching? You care about their pop culture? So the Maharal explains. Because when you listen to people, what they talk about, when you listen to what people talk about, you know everything about them. Are you a great person, an average person, or a small person? Do you speak about ideas? Do you speak about things? Or do you speak about people? We interact all the time, particularly Shabbos, Yantav, around our table, in normal times, with friends and with family, hosting others. And what we talk about reflects and reveals, it says everything about us. And so one should be careful and come into the conversation. Do we come in with already an agenda? I don't mean an agenda like an agenda, personal agenda, but I mean an itinerary. I've got a great story. I've got a thought-provoking question. I've got an insight. I've got a Dvar Torah. I've got a current event. I have the capacity to have a healthy and rigorous uh, debate of ideas where we'll each grow and listen and learn. Because in the absence of coming in with an itinerary or agenda of thought-provoking, stimulating, meaningful conversation, topics, and questions, then people often, unfortunately, slip and slide to the lowest common denominator, which is to talk about people. Are we great, average, or are we small? Have we practiced Nikias? And do we eliminate the proclivity of the inclination to want to talk about people? I've got juicy gossip. I've got a great thing to say. I've got something to reveal. Somehow we think that that's a social commodity. I'm greater. I'm more in. I feel better about myself if I know something others don't, or if I'm that source of information to tell them. People confide in us, and they they expect us to maintain that, that confidence. And when we tell other people we've violated their trust and we've hurt them, we've damaged them. You know, it said the Jewish version of a secret. You know what the Jewish version of a secret is? Something you tell people one by one. It's a, it's a funny joke, but it's a sad joke. A Jewish secret is something that you tell people one by one. And we've all seen that, we all know that experience. You tell people and you say, don't tell anybody, but I'm telling you why. Why do people do that? because they think it gives them somehow some social commodity. Somehow they're, they're better, they're greater. Hatred and vengeance and enmity are also very difficult to escape. A person feels that way. We position sometimes people as the other, 
they are the other. And when they are the other, it's easy to vilify. And when you vilify, it's easy to hate. We're seeing it all around our country right now on the most sensitive of topics, critically important topics, that really we should be having healthy debate on which likely there is much more consensus than we're seeing. And then we can make real and lasting change. But instead, people dig in their heels and they vilify others. And there's a hatred. There's a hatred which results. And that hatred clouds. Person is very sensitive to his humiliation and feels extreme anguish. And then a vengeance becomes as sweet as honey. It's the only respite. So you hear someone spoke about you or they damaged you or they hurt you or someone is the other to you. You don't like the way they dress or vote or think or observe or what they know, who they are. You're seeing it now in, in the different reactions to coronavirus. Some people feel we're post-corona. Some people feel get under the bed, we are in the height of corona. And different people are reacting differently. And it's a very complicated, very, very complicated area. And it's bringing out hatred and judgment of people towards others simply because they've come to different conclusions. Now, granted, what some might consider dangerous conclusions that could impact the greater good, but how tragic if it brings out a sense of hatred and drives a wedge between people in a time that should rally us with a sense of a sense of unity. So I'll pick up here next time. But again, if we want to realize the best version of ourselves, it means practicing the kiyas. Don't just wake up and live your day. Don't let momentum and inertia carry you. Don't find yourself at the end of the day and, ooh, I shouldn't have said that, and I shouldn't have been there, and I shouldn't have gone there, and I shouldn't have eaten that, and I shouldn't have, and oh, I wish my life were so different. Nikias means have forethought. If you have zirahiras, mindfulness, and you have zirizas, alacrity, and zeal, and you pursue goals, then at the end of your day, you'll be able to look back and measure with pride. Nikias, I identified the areas I want to work on, and here's how I worked on it. Here was my plan and my resolution. Here's how I've improved, and I promise you, you will see the relationships in your lives improve as well. Join us 845, Living with Emuna. Same Facebook, YouTube, and Zoom channels. Tonight, 9 p.m., behind the beam, a very special guest, Rav Moshe Weinberger Shlita, one of the most inspirational, transformational figures today. Go behind the beam with us tonight with him at 9 p.m., wishing everyone a wonderful day.